1: Welding instructor, Alex DeClaire, knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
0: What's up, fungal associates? Happy 2024 and welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I am Alex Croson, and of course I'm here with Casey Clapp.
1: Well, good New Year, Alex. Good New
0: Year, Casey. This is
1: our first episode of the New Year.
0: That's right, two thousand the year of our Lord, two thousand and
1: twenty-four. Yes, uh, that's right. And may we may we have blessings.
0: <laughs> may we have blessings,
1: Casey. That's right. It's the New Year. Yep, it is. Do you have any? Uh, you have any goals this year, Alex? Oh,
0: I've got a few. I'm 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 uh, looking to. Uh, release my first full-length record as as a uh-huh. musical artist.
1: That's right. That's right. Now, full-length is what?
0: That's like ten to twelve tracks. Ten to twelve. Okay. An LP. If say. you have
1: more than twelve tracks, is that like like uh, like is that like a double-decker length?
0: Uh, no, I think that is still considered a a, a normal LP. Uh, okay. I, I don't know what you could get up to. To I think it's I think it's a uh, you know, it's like the definition of pornography. Like I know it when I see it. I know a double LP when I see it. Yeah,
1: all right. That's when I'm good. like,
0: whoa, 24 <laughs> tracks. Goddamn.
1: Yeah, that is a, that is that is a distance. But then you look at half of them; they're like 30 seconds. And exactly. Like, okay, Plenty of
0: interludes.
1: Just put that onto another song. What are
0: you doing? Uh, yeah, so that's my that's my big one, Casey. That's a great goal.
1: That's a good start. F-
0: thanks. Oh, the other big one is t- uh, you know to uh, sort of revamp my my physical well being, mm-hmm, uh, my mm-hmm. physical health
1: yes yeah 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 you said Mm. this is this is gonna be your championship year I think you described it to me earlier yes
0: I recently learned what a rebuilding year was (laughs) in in, (laughs) uh, pro sports which is so good um something that you've probably known about since high school
1: yeah 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 it's uh it's it's fairly common parlance yeah
0: so i think that my the last couple of years have been my rebuilding years and now yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go out and, and at least get in the final four get in the, playoffs, if, yeah, yeah, the playoffs yeah yeah the playoffs okay. yeah all right i'm with you um so what about you casey any big resolutions
1: Ooh, you know i have i i, I don't do resolutions i have always thought that i find them silly Okay. I don't like uh, the idea that someone is waiting to make a change in their life until New Year's. Fair enough. And then they're like, that's going to be the day. I'm like, well, you're kind of just, it's a little disingenuous. If you really want to change... Just change. My friend Zaz actually gave me this idea this year hmm. uh, to come up with a word of the year hmm. and to kind of use that.
0: I've heard this. Yes, my yeah. word.
1: I've never done it before, so I have chose growth this year.
0: Growth. Yes. All right.
1: So the idea would be uh, that the podcast grows, mm-hmm. that uh, our little business here grows, and we can make sure to get more more people listening and subscribes, doll out more uh, more stickers to yeah. all of you guys out there. Yep. Um, but I'm also trying to write this book, so I really want to, that's going to be big growth for me professionally, have mm-hmm. this, uh, this big written thing done. Uh, but then I also just want to grow as a person. I have goals that I'm trying to meet. And uh, ideally... I can at least get started towards those in different ways this year.
0: Can I tell you uh, a word of the year? I would I would say falls under the category of a resolution. Yeah,
1: that's fair. That's fair. Um, but I'm not. You're, t-
0: you're you're a bit of a resolution elitist.
1: Wow, is that what you think? Alice? That's it. <laughs> oh, you have a resolution? <laughs> Pathetic. I,
0: I just think that the new year is a is a nice is a natural. It's the end uh, of a cycle, yeah. right? It's like yes. a natural time to look at your life and think, "What could I do better?"
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's very fair. I think yeah. you would
0: not disagree with that.
1: I, I don't disagree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I 100 percent agree with that.
0: Well, I think it's going to be a good year for you, Casey. A good growth year.
1: Yeah, thanks. I think you're going to make the championships this year. <laughs> Thank you that's, very much. Yeah, this is exciting.
0: Because uh, I like the I like the idea so much. Can I also have a year a word a yeah. word of the year?
1: Do you want to pick one now, or you just want to tell I, us? Okay, I
0: already know it. All right, what is it? intention
1: intention
0: i want to be more intentional Uh with everything
1: i think it's very good
0: yep well
1: we can start by being intentional today wow in trying to make sure that everyone comes to our new premium service wow
0: casey that's (laughs) right
1: (laughs) now that's growth if i've ever seen it casey's (laughs) becoming the lead here transitioning segues
0: man fabulous what a great job uh that's right arbitrarypod.supercast.com is our new support platform. We are moving away from Patreon. That's right. And if you want to support the podcast, there has never been a better time. I'm not just saying that because it's old hat copy. Yeah. Um, we have two plans there. We got the tree huggers and we got the cone club, of mm-hmm. course. You can get <laughs> monthly cones. Uh, you could cone stickers, I should say. Yes.
1: Technically, we're not sending cones. That could become a, somewhat of a biohazard.
0: Of course, that's arbitrarypod.supercast.com. That's right. Go support the podcast, get cool benefits, and for the first time, we are offering ad-free listening. That's right. So if you are like me and commercials make you want to tear your brains out of your (laughs) skull, you can Uh, now get ad-free listening of this show.
1: That's right. So what's going to happen in like 30 seconds Mm -hmm. is just going to be a continuation of the podcast for you.
0: And I, of course, yes, exactly. And if you're not supporting us, I, of course, encourage you to listen to the commercials, (laughs) and they're great. Because that's actually support, too. And coupon so, code TREES, by the way. No matter what you do. <laughs> um, that's right, Casey. Yeah. Uh, well, Casey, we got a fun tree to talk about today. The OYAMEL. That's right. Uh, but we got to do so after a break. We will be right back with our first episode of 2024 here on Completely Arbitrary.
1: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
0: Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we're talking the Oyamel.
1: Yes. Now, I noticed, Alex, you said Oyamel. Mm-hmm. I believe it is Oemail.
0: Say those again. Oemail. Oemail. Yeah. Imagine there's an I there. OEML. Oh, no, uh, an I o email o email like i i y o i think email. so yeah 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 o okay. yeah.
1: email okay. although you can also just call it the sacred fur
0: the sacred fur let me take a stab at this ab's religiosa you got
1: that well i read your
0: notes so well I, that's I, you know okay it's a bit cheaty
1: but i think that's a very good that's a very good cheat uh just reading the notes you know, it's like, uh, like, what
0: did you do to pass that test?
1: I, I read my notes.
0: I read the material. I read the material. It's <laughs> was like, oh, <laughs> dang, you got through the system. Here's a life hack for you. <laughs> uh, when someone
1: tells you something, <laughs> write it down.
0: <laughs> if you're trying to remember it, read it later. <laughs> wow, interesting.
1: You're absolutely um, right, Alex. Yes. The religious fur is what it's called, or the I-email, or O-email. I constantly, as I'm sure people heard last month, pronounce mm-hmm. things, 100% incorrectly
0: That's okay Last month Sorry. was uh, Was outside of our Comfort zone In uh, terms of Pronunciation stuff That's true
1: But the uh, With this I specifically Was reading And I saw Another spelling of it In uh, It was another Old Latin term So uh, The Latin As you said A B is religiosa And if you go down uh, You can kind of Read through Some of the old names And it has Actually been called OEML With an I Before I've read this ah, uh, Somewhere And okay. so I was like Oh well that'll be A nice easy way for me to remember how to pronounce the Y that is in a Spanish pronunciation, but I know that it depends on where you are. It sounds different. Yeah,
0: even
1: like within a a certain country, it sounds different, uh-huh. right?
0: It's a region to region.
1: Yeah, exactly. So yeah. trying to avoid that. Okay. So O oh, email.
0: O oh, email. That's what I believe it is. Okay. Well, Casey, let's imagine, as we do every episode, that you and I are walking through um, a Mexican forest. All right. Yeah. And. We come across what appears to be a column of monarch butterflies. Wow.
1: Really just spilling the beans <laughs> right off the bat.
0: Oh, my God. Sorry.
1: Well, everyone, secret's out.
0: I don't have to go that direction. That's Sh- fair. Should we undo it?
1: No. you can. Let's stick with it. Okay. It's usually clear by the name at least. So Sure. I can tell you a little bit of background, though. Alex, you're right. I, okay, hold on.
0: You finish where you're going. Thank you. Growth. <laughs> and then we realize, hey, wait, that's not a column of butterflies. Uh, it's a tree. Casey, let's ID this tree.
1: Let's ID this tree, Alex. I want to give you a little bit of a, an idea of where we're at here. Please. So we are at high elevation in central Mexico. All right. And for some context, Mexico is one of the most diverse places on the planet. Mm-hmm. It's a very strange kind of uh, ecosystem, or not, it's not even ecosystem. It's a very strange eco place. Eco
0: region, yeah, I've heard. Yeah, I
1: think that's the right term. Okay. Uh, at least as close as we can get. Because in your, if you're in the very bottom of the country, you're right next to Guatemala, you are just a stone's throw away from the Amazon tropical rainforest, yeah. the, the whole uh, Central America fantastic beautiful tropical forests Mm -hmm. as you go further north and you get to the northern border of mexico it is the same kind of desert southwest that you expect in texas and arizona new mexico california that's it every place that has that border that you think of as a desert that is the north. Yeah. So as you as you kind of go south, you also start to get giant mountains. So it has a ridiculous amount of gigantic mountains hmm. that then go from desert areas to like these uh, sky islands with cloud forests at the, the very top. Cloud forests,
0: yes. Yeah. Cool.
1: Again, this is high elevation, like sixty nine thousand to thirteen thousand five hundred feet. So it's a big, big. Like high up place. They grow up the same way that you'd expect any other fir tree. So when you think of Christmas tree, yeah, that's what they look like. All the fir trees that you've seen here looks just like that.
0: Yeah, what is that called again? Uh, um, it is an X current ex-current. growth. Current. Yeah. Another thing I'll never ever remember.
1: I I have literally gone back and forth trying to remember X current versus decurrent. Yeah. And there's one tree you'll recall Callisetter's Decurrens, which has an X current growth form. <sighs> <in. laughs>
0: This is why people hate science.
1: I know. It totally, you're so right, dude. You're so right. Um, so it is a, uh, our species grows to about 130 to 190 feet. So they get really tall, like big trees growing at super high elevation. But of course, remember, as you go to lower latitudes, higher elevations maintain like their cool, more temperate kind of, uh, climate you uh-huh. know yeah so uh at that high elevation in the mountains where they grow it's essentially the same as growing up here in the north okay to a certain extent at sure. least yeah so they get really big, up to seven feet in diameter, two meters. Damn. That same pyramidal x current growth form where it has that very, uh, uh, the as it grows up, it gets smaller and smaller, and it looks very much like a large triangle. The way I describe it is the way a kid grows uh, or draws a tree. Yeah, a just triangle a triangle stick. with a stick. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That, it's a classic conifer form, right? current. Exactly. Um, but as you get closer, you'll notice that these are the standard barked fir trees that you've ever seen in your life. So they're young, or when they're young, they have little blisters on them of resin. You can, oh, yeah. You can poke and Spits out at you We
0: talked about that recently Yeah little, we did A little pimple popping For kids Ugh,
1: Yeah, I hate when you describe it like that Before yes. they
0: Before they're old enough To have pimples themselves
1: Ah uh, This is just them Getting practice Yes Yeah This is
0: nature's way Of preparing oh. them For puberty
1: <laughs> Send them out to the forest And get them used to it Yeah That's horrifying They come dude. back
0: With sticky hands <laughs> I'm shaking. learning to be an
1: adult
0: <laughs> It's like a rite wow. of passage
1: <laughs> That's horrifying well, this is this is like that. However, as they get older, it becomes much more furrowed and kind of broken up into little plates, and mm. it becomes a little bit more, not quite fire uh, design, similar to like the white fur, but it's a little bit more just rough and tumble, I okay. think is the best way to describe it. It's not going to blow you out of the water in terms of how rough and tumble it is, but
0: Can it, I just say, looking at it, I just want to say like, in this, this tone is intentional. It's fine.
1: It is, it's just fine. It's it, fine. It is, it's It's. kind of like a very standard utility bark in my opinion. Yeah. So as a utility barked tree, that's not gonna be the exciting thing that you see about it. The thing that you will love about it are the adorable fur needles. Yeah. Uh, so these are uh, the same kind of branches that you've ever expect. The twigs are generally a reddish purple and they are puberulent.
0: Puberulent.
1: Puberulent.
0: I'm assuming that means that they have pubescence, like hair.
1: Yes, but it's very, very fine. Okay. So the U L, mm-hmm. uh, just like if you're talking about the petiole. Yeah. So petiole is the part of leaf that connects it to the twig. Uh-huh. So you have leaf blade, and it's connected by the petiole to the twig.
0: That's U L petiole.
1: No, so a petiole U L. If you add an oh, L U in right. there, that makes it the that is essentially referring to the petiole of a leaflet, connecting it to the rest of the leaflet sure. or the leaf. Yeah. So it means it's a slightly smaller version uh-huh. of whatever it is. Uh-huh. So pubescent would be normal sized hair. Oh my and then uh, this is puberulent, which means it has its even smaller pubescence. <laughs> it's, not, it's not
0: quite pu-
1: uh, pubescent.
0: That's so funny. Wow. Isn't that just
1: so good? All right. So very fine uh, hairs on
0: the twigs. Yes, very okay. fine.
1: It also has uh, these from those twigs come the leaves. And the leaves I really think are lovely because they are also a word we learned just nigh on two weeks ago hmm. pectinate. Which means they look like tines of a comb going out. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a very true fur thing to have uh, have foliage that looks like that.
0: I think that, I, I honestly think that term is sort of superfluous.
1: I don't, yeah, it kind of seems silly, doesn't it?
0: Like, yeah, they look, okay, yeah, it looks like a comb. Now what?
1: Yeah, okay, what else?
0: What does that mean to you? What I does mean, that mean for me?
1: It can help with identification sometimes. I
0: suppose, but, but then you have to remember another thing.
1: Yeah, I, honestly, you just think of it, I always think of two ranked because two ranked means it grows left and grows right yeah that's great yeah or i guess it more or less just means you're growing in two distinct planes whether uh-huh. or not it's exactly horizontally left and right
0: sure okay yeah. yeah but
1: the moral of the story is it is just another term that everyone's like eh, okay thank you i agree
0: that's fine well it's fine it's uh, just fine <laughs> case this is a conifer yes and, and if my calculations are correct next we talk about
1: it, it, it Truly, yes. And I can tell, you're like, leaves, I don't care. Tell me about that Yeah, cone. I don't give a shit. Well, they are green uh, and they have a central groove. That's it.
0: The the cones? No, the leaves. Oh, sorry. I was sorry. just saying, it was like, mm, is it side, side a side note? A little Casey Clap prologue. They got
1: a little groove in them. Okay. It's the best. I think that's so much fun. Like On a top? little
0: aqueduct down the middle? Yeah,
1: exactly. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay, anyway, go look up the leaves. They're fine. But the cone, I'm excited about because the cone is. Another like upright cone. This is a similar thing to the oh, last yeah. fur, of course. Every true fur has an upright growing cone. That upright growing cone will fall apart scale by scale. They do not stay together over time. And this has exerted bracts. What does that mean? That means they come out beyond the scale. Oh, okay. Similar yeah. to the Douglas
0: fir. Douglas fir. Mm-hmm. And if if a Douglas fir is a mouse butt. These are manta ray buds.
1: Yes, they're huge, right? Yeah. yeah, they just
0: look like a little. They look like a little curved manta ray behind with a little stinger tail.
1: I love that. That's a, that's exactly right. It's anything with a little behind and a little tail.
0: Yep, I love it. No comments. <clears throat> no
1: comment. No comment. <laughs> uh, well, that is uh, that's this tree, and they grow way up high in these groves uh, all throughout the trans. It's a trans volcanic range mm. that kind of goes across um, the from east to west. Uh, kind of above Oaxaca, below, and then up to the northeast of Mexico City. It just kind of goes all the way through. And there's a bunch of active volcanoes in there They just, you know, do volcano stuff.
0: Wow. All the time. Okay.
1: And this is, uh, it's a tree that is not uncommon. If you are driving around, it's at the top of a lot of different mountains down there. It's kind of has a has a big range. But like I said, they have been doing the taxonomy of this for a, a long time. Mm. And- there was a lot of at certain times, different uh, like it was honestly just I think ignored for the longest time. Where this is a lot of things that have happened in the in Mexico and a lot of South American countries politically. Often they have had something of a, uh, they haven't been quite so stable. Sure. So scientists have not been investing their time down there. And there's mm. local people who have been doing a lot of this, and a lot of Mexican dendrologists and foresters and scientists um, have been working really hard to figure out all the taxonomy. But over the last probably maybe 50 years or so, they have taken this one species pulled it out, moved it around, found new species, pulled those into different varieties and Mm. put them back into their own species. So it's been kind of a a bit of a mess recently. Um, And like I said, recently is like the last 50 years. Okay, But it is a fantastically uh, interesting tree because anytime you drive north or south or east or outside of Mexico City, you just kind of go up through mountains. You'll start to go through a pine oak habitat. And then at the top of mountains, you'll go into the fir habitat. Hmm. So, very standard same thing that you'd see in California, you'd see it in Texas and Arizona. You just keep moving up and it goes from oak pine to a more fir-based forest. And okay. so far there's also some spruces down there too. So, there's a there's a continuity in terms of environment. But this is uh this particular tree And some particular groves that it grows in have recently been made a little bit famous. And I'm remiss to say that we're on the back end of its fame right now.
0: Oh, it's faded glory.
1: It's, yes. And I, so so a little bit of a spoiler for all you out there. We were going to do this tree November, I think. Uh, I think it was going to be during Uh, Thanksgiving week
0: yes and we decided to take a week off
1: exactly we needed to take a week off we had too many things going on so we dealt with what we needed to deal with then I said okay we're gonna put this after our series on uh, Miyazaki Miyazaki thank you our Triyazaki series so we put it here in the meantime Alex I was watching a fantastic documentary uh, and uh, was hanging out with Carrie guess what the documentary was
0: Planet Earth 3.
1: That's right. That's <laughs> right, Alex.
0: It was Planet Earth 3. K- Casey didn't coach me on this. I just know because he's told me. <laughs>
1: and watch in, having a great time. Uh-huh. I think we were looking at seasonal forests or something like that. And then lo and behold, uh. I was scooped. Mr. David Attenborough, if in, it is his real name. In
0: air quotes, Casey did.
1: Yes, thank you. Uh, ended up talking about the story that I was very excited to talk about. And uh, if I had got this out beforehand, if I didn't need to take that week off, yeah. I We'd
0: would have have scooped C- David. Casey Attenborough.
1: Well, the good news is uh, this is called the Christmas tree. Uh, that's what they call it, the sacred tree.
0: By the way, Casey put David Attenborough's name in quotes because... Yeah. It's not David Attenborough. It's an AI made to sound like David Attenborough. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably accurate. That uses language learning technology (laughs) to mimic his voice. We're not far from that. I think that's actually literally happening in like Star Wars movies with Alec Guinness and shit. Really? Yeah. No way. It's pretty soulless. Oh, wow. Yeah, I hate
1: that. (sighs) Ah, Well, anyway, Anyway. these trees have plenty of soul. Wow. Now, I... Uh, Got a little bit of a fun story for you. All right. It's going to be talking about not always this tree, but this tree is Abies religiosa. Yes. And it is called that because it looks like a Christmas tree. Beautiful. But it has also a really intense amount of... um, religiosity i guess or spiritualism with mm-hmm. it but it's related to not christmas but the day of
0: the dead ah el dia de los muertos
1: exactly now before we understand exactly why that's the case we have to go back to spring hmm. are you ready to go back to spring with me fuck yeah i am yeah alex is like yes i'm ready well how many <laughs> clouds are out there today too many drizzly day all right well come with me uh to the fields of the Great Plains in the eastern United States. And there is a bunch of flowers out there. They grow in spring, and they're called milkweeds. Have you heard of these? I've heard of
0: milkweed, Asclepsias. yeah. it's a, It's a little trendy, or has been a little trendy in the past couple of years, Casey. It,
1: it, this is exactly why. Yes. So this is a species of plant that grows up, and it has these big, beautiful flowers that um, come out in the early, I think early, mid-spring and they grow these, uh, they have these very intense leaves. Like, when you see one and you know, like, oh, that's a, that's a milkweed, you'll be able to recognize it all the time. Yeah, they, they grow all over the place. There's something like 200 species across the world. Now, these are called milkweed, Alex. Are you familiar? Have you ever seen why? Um,
0: I'm assuming they have, they're like, they have like a flower sap in in their veins, that's milky white.
1: Yeah, that's you're not you're not too far off. It's just a latex. Because remember, latex is you you know it like latex gloves. Uh-huh. That is just the uh, it's a sap that comes from trees. No kidding. Yeah, that's what rubber is. It's the same thing. It's from like a rubber
0: a, tree. Mm-hmm,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I had so, no
0: fucking idea.
1: There you go. That's why. How about so that? once you dry it and like it's uh, I think technically speaking, it's. A bunch of teeny tiny solids that are suspended in oh, in what is essentially water.
0: Okay, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, so that's why it's called a latex.
0: So it gives it this milky white appearance.
1: Exactly, yes. yeah. So that is uh, what these plants have developed as a, as a means of keeping off all other insects and species that would want to eat it. So it's essentially filled with neurotoxins.
0: Oh, wow.
1: So almost nothing eats these. Uh, In the entire world, except for a very few small number of insects, Mm. specifically the caterpillars of the monarch butterfly.
0: The king of insects.
1: Exactly. (laughs) The caterpillars of such. This is the caterpillars. So not the
0: monarch butterflies themselves, but the the larval stage. Yes. Okay. So
1: the larval stage, the pupa, they are obligates. Oh, you don't like that word? Wow, sorry, Alex. Sorry. (laughs) It's just very derogatory.
0: (laughs) You're just a pupa. Reminds me of Yupa. Lord Uh, Yupa from Yeah. Whoa. What a cool guy.
1: Oh, wait, yeah, he was a cool one. He wasn't a bad guy, was he?
0: He was Gandalf. When he did that jumping, he jumped from one plane to the next with two swords in his hand. Yeah. I literally cheered. (laughs) I literally (laughs) cheered. That's true. That's
1: so rad. It's like, yeah, go, Yupa. Well, this is—you're uh, right. It is the uh, the mana arc. It is the king. It's the queen. It is the butterfly yes. champions. The regent. So yes, Alex, you're right. The pupa, the let's say Lord pupa, the Lord pupa <laughs> are obligates of these species. It doesn't need to be... I should say genus. It's an obligate of
0: milkweeds. Obligate.
1: Yeah, that means it can only live off of eating
0: milkweed. It has an obligation. Exactly. Okay.
1: So it is not able to uh, to eat anything else. And if it is, it would be like maybe so minorly and probably wouldn't be... Uh, it would hurt that insect in the end. It wouldn't be able to grow correctly. So it's just like wrong nutrition at this point. Okay. But they have learned, or I guess I should say, they have adapted and evolved the ability to not get poisoned by these toxins. Wow. That everything else, like it's poisonous to humans, mammals, you name it. hmm This insect, this one insect as well as a few others, this is the, the big one though, it is able to take in and not only not die from eating the toxins, but it does something that only a few other insects uh, in other species of animals can do, which is take the toxins of Asclepsius.
0: I knew, I knew this,
1: and bring it into their own bodies. You yes. knew this, Alex.
0: Well, I, I have, I had a feeling.
1: What was the feeling? What gave you the hint?
0: That it's, it's still alive. I guess.
1: <laughs> That's a good hint. Good job. Good job.
0: You know, this surprises me though, Casey, because yeah. being a monarch, I would think that it would have a, a poison taster
1: uh you you know someone to test its food it turns out they just do it themselves that's pretty cool that's a that's a monarch i can get behind that's how you you uh, get ahead in monarch of the people
0: (laughs) yes that's right (laughs) that's how you become a dynasty okay
1: (laughs) that is exactly right and they've been a dynasty for over a million years wow no kidding in fact specifically uh the rest of our story has been going on for a million years at the minimum wow which is fascinating but we'll get to that in a second. Okay. So we're in springtime. These little pupa are eaten away, and they are not eaten by other insects because they take in these toxins, put it into their own body, Mm. and if a bird eats it, then that bird will either spit it up, or it will soon die because it has the toxins in it.
0: Wow. So the
1: birds, other animals, quickly learn, aha, don't eat anything that looks like that. Yeah. They also don't eat the adult butterflies because they too are just chock full of these same toxins.
0: Wow, they keep
1: it. They do. They like keep
0: microplastics. it.
1: Microplastics. Uh, yes, it just maintains its way up into the thing. Yeah, yeah actually, you're probably far more accurate with that statement. Almost than Almost literally, either. right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so that is um, th- this is half the reason. The reason I asked you earlier, yeah. why do you think that they are still poisonous? Uh, and you said because they they're not dead. Yeah. That plays into also their color scheme. So they are uh, bright orange.
0: Yes, orange and
1: black. Yeah, and you've heard of this with other insects, like this kind of hazard or this like warning coloration. I if they're d- bright no. red, bright orange, like these scary colors. You've not heard of
0: this? I have not heard of this. Oh my gosh. I mean, I suppose I've heard like, you know, uh, I've heard that with like snakes, I guess. Yeah, like yeah, if yeah. it's a black, red snake that like animals see the color red And yeah. it makes them afraid Yes, uh, Which is the reason that bulls uh, You know when you're bull fighting You use oh. a red cape to anger the bull
1: Yeah I don't know if that's exactly the same <laughs> <laughs> you,
0: you went like, so far with me on that Just
1: keep saying yes until I, I think it's
0: I, I think it is similar at the least uh, probably We don't need to get into it know. You don't need to fact check me here Just agree All <laughs>
1: right, all right I agree You're right, you're right This is why when I see red I get really mad
0: Yes You're an insect to me <laughs> I
1: am just an insect Thank you
0: So they have They have this color pattern To warn other animals Yes, exactly Hey, don't eat me I'm full of microplastics I'll fucking kill you
1: Exactly And they're like Okay, yeah, cool well, We're just gonna avoid you Yeah Exactly And in fact It works so well that other species They do what's called A Müllerian mimic Have you ever heard of this? No It's when you have a non-toxic species of insect mm-hmm. or thing other animal copy the same uh the same patterns and colors as a poisonous insect. Wow. And then they don't get eaten because they are associated. So a bird
0: Incredible. would
1: be flying around and they would look for uh an insect and they'd say, see, say, a viceroy uh butterfly, hmm. and they would say, Oh, I'm not gonna eat that. That thing is certainly poisonous. It turns out that the Viceroy butterfly actually has a little bit of poison in it, so it d- still does taste bad. Oops. But there are uh, a lot of different kind of uh, kind of things that do this, and it, there's a bunch of different kinds of mimicry out there. Mm. And so Mullerian uh, is when they look that very specific way. So um, anyway, these species are, are very poisonous. So they are not eaten, and they are obligates to this one species of plant. Now, again, we're in spring, Alex. Yeah. Everything is beautiful. The butterflies are flitting around. As spring develops here in the uh, North American north, Mm -hmm. then from basically the south up, we get weather changing. So everything starts to get warmer, and the snow melts and all that kind of stuff. And it starts from the bottom, and it goes north. As spring progresses, our butterfly heroes will continue to mer- or will continue to move up. And whenever the new uh, kind of flush of Asclepsia, of the milkweed is coming out, they will then colonize all these new areas. Mm. So they essentially follow the spring up and out across the entire continent.
0: Wow, the
1: entire continent.
0: So they kind of um, they they're kind of a uh, nomadic species that yeah. follows the food
1: exactly okay. only in this instance only during spring and summer sure so they will go up and uh they lay their new little babies and they essentially during spring and summer are making new generations mm. so new generation is from the pupa through the chrysalis the actual metamorphosis yeah. becoming a butterfly and then laying another egg and starting it over again cool that would be one generation okay So these, uh, during the entire spring and summer, all of these insects are constantly doing this. So whenever there's a new, uh, kind of spring flush of milkweed, Mm -hmm. that is going to be where you're going to find these butterflies. They're going to find all these things. So a big thing, what you were talking about, it's kind of popular to talk about right now. Yeah. Yes because people got rid of them they just plowed over all this land the milkweed they, yeah. the milkweed yeah and they then turned it into corn soybeans whatever your crop is now it's a city probably these and kinds
0: of if the milkweed is the only thing yes. that these monarch butterflies eat or the, rather the the pupils the yeah. pupas the lord pupas eat uh, hey lord monarch
1: oh we're getting did there. you do that we're on purpose there. no I didn't okay there no, well, you go
0: wow lord pupa this, lord is, pupa. Is, this is so much here <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, then then, then, goodbye butterflies.
1: Exactly. So you got that totally right. So the butterflies are flitting around, having a great time. They're doing different generations. They're making babies. They're having the time of their life. Good for them. Now, summer comes to an end, as it does every year. <sighs> and these Winter butterflies- Winter is coming, as they say. As they say, and they are constantly, constantly aware of it. Yeah. As everything starts to get a little bit cooler, hmm. these butterflies start- to turn instead of north they start to go south okay or southeast depending on where they are essentially all at once these butterflies follow all the weather and start moving south in the mm. giant migration Wow and this is what uh, David Attenborough talked about a little bit but you know what he didn't get near as far into it as I think should have been necessary.
0: Well, he's a bit of a hack.
1: He's a bit of a hack, thank you. I didn't want to say it, but now that you've said it, I have to agree. As these insects start to move uh, south, you'll notice that they are doing what we call a migration. Mm. They're the only insect in the world that has a migration. No kidding. The only one. How about that? It is fascinating. That's amazing. And it's fascinating, Alex, and Amazing Alex because of several different reasons to which I'm about to tell you. Please. They go from the entire space of North America except for some uh, that overwinter in South Florida, Hmm. some overwinter in Southern California. Okay. Almost every, all the rest, literally hundreds of millions of butterflies will all move from the far reaches of Canada, North America, New England, the Great Basin, and they will start moving down and they cross the border. They go over deserts. They go over mountains. They go from the entire North America uh-huh. all the way down to one of 12 groves of AB's religiosa trees. What? Northeast of Mexico City that the total space takes up one Kilometer. Holy
0: shit. Like a kilometer squared?
1: Yes, exactly. Oh my
0: God, Casey. That is
1: as much as they do. So they are able to, I'm sorry, it's 4.5 million square kilometers is their entire breeding range, which is North America and yeah. north of Mexico.
0: And they end up in this one kilometer squared area. Exactly. That it's is
1: less than a square kilometer. That now, is wild. It is spread apart through different groves. There's about 12 or yeah, so, yeah, yeah. but less than a dozen. And there is, you can just draw a little circle around and say, okay, there's one, there's two, there's three, there's four.
0: Wow.
1: And the the locals here have known about this since time immemorial. It's actually very hard to miss if you are in that area. And there has been uh, native peoples in that area for you know as long as there's been native peoples in North America. Mm-hmm. So all of these butterflies go down and find these trees, and I need to point out, two things that we have discussed. But before that, I will end our story. They overwinter for four months mm-hmm. and they show up like clockwork on the Day of the Dead.
0: Oh, right at the end of October. My right
1: at the very beginning of November. God. Every year.
0: Wow. Isn't that
1: wild? They stay for four months and then <sighs> on about the, uh, the Ides of March, they start going north again.
0: How what is the lifespan of of a single monarch butterfly? Well,
1: I'm glad you asked, Alex. <laughs> there multiple generations are doing these these flights. So there is evidence that one single monarch butterfly would hatch, go south, go back up and then go back south again. But for the most part, this takes 3 to 5 generations. Throughout this
0: entire cycle. Oh, so you are okay, oh my God. So if you start the cycle, yes. you're born in Kansas yeah. as a monarch butterfly. huh You're eating your or a pupil pupil stage. Yep. You're eating the milkweed, you're right? You're doing great. You're having a lovely time. Mm-hmm. Your great, 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 excuse me. Starting over. Your great, great, your great, 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 great grandchildren. Yeah. Will The next time your species comes to Kansas, those milkweed plants, those will be your great, 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 great children. Very potentially. That is amazing. Yes, and the reason that it is like so amazing is for two reasons. You're being very generous by saying potentially, by the way. Yeah, okay. Well <laughs> that was such a mess. No, I did you did great, Alex. You did just great. Do you well, know what I'm saying?
1: I do, but the reason I'm saying potentially is because it's kind of hard. It's not like uh it's not a linear process. Mm. Because when one butterfly goes from Mexico up to Kansas, lays its eggs, it'll be doing that consistently throughout late spring and summer. It'll lay a bunch of eggs and have one, two, three new generations Mm -hmm. in that one season. Oh, okay. And then, potentially, that one that's alive that lays all these eggs will not make it back. It'll just kind of die.
0: Of course, yeah. But
1: all of those babies could either continue to go north as the late summer progresses, they get all the way up to Canada, they lay eggs, they might die. And then those new eggs that they laid, then they will start going south. And then as they go south, all of the asclepsias are turning themselves off. They're going dormant because of low temperatures. So then they would keep moving south, and they essentially turn off their reproductive uh, genes. They just go into a state called diapause. Wow. And they just don't become sexually active I guess is the best way to do yeah. it until everyone wakes up and is super randy uh-huh. on the uh, very unlike essentially the Ides of March and then they're like woo <laughs>
0: let's do this what are you all doing here and then they have this giant
1: like reproductive party is wow. what I'm going to call it And then they all start flying north.
0: On on these trees.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And so this area is known, like, again, for it's known for about 50 years or so. They Mm -hmm. found it in the late 70s, 80s. You know, they being the Western scientists. Sure. Uh, Because there's one guy, it's one of these things where you're like, Where are all these butterflies going? Yeah. They just disappear, then they always come back. Yeah. So people had to A realize, oh, they're doing a migration. Then they realize, oh wait, they're doing a migration, but it takes multiple generations. So how do the butterflies know where to go? Yeah. And number two, how do they get there? How do they navigate? Yeah. Because they're not just going somewhere in Mexico to where it's warm.
0: They're going very specifically.
1: Very specifically.
0: Like extremely specifically. Yes,
1: like a pinpoint location. Yes. Like they are better at finding these exact groves than our satellite technology was 30 years ago. Yeah. Where they were like, well, it's within a, a kilometer spectrum. Sure. Now, of course, our we can like pinpoint anything. Uh-huh. But they do it without the use of anything but their Antanas and wow. this they they trying to figure out exactly how because this is a this is great what exactly these insects are doing how they find their overwintering grounds every single year is
0: unknown that's amazing
1: we know generally how they navigate but there are two main ideas one is called like a map uh, a, a one is called uh, a compass direction, where mm. you essentially uh, what is it? It's true navigators and uh, map navigators. I think there's. Mm. I'll, I'll I'll describe it. It'll be a little bit easier. Okay. So some species of animal that do some kind of migration, they know geographically where they are and where they're going, and they are and they know the reference between the two okay so they can basically walk north and they know where they're going and when they walk back south they know where they're going okay some birds do this even a yeah. lobster species or a shrimp or something does this like okay. it's it is known there Whales, are others
0: I think migrate well,
1: I don't they do migrate but they may not be true navigators okay because there's others like uh, certain bird species <laughs> that just have like this mental uh, this this sense that is essentially a magnetic map sense oh sure yeah yeah and yeah and then they just go towards that
0: okay yeah so they don't not, really know where they're going, but they're just following the... The, the water uh, exactly what is that thing
1: called the, the divining stick <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah 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 100% okay so some will know others they just have it locked in wow so they aren't really sure but they know it has to do with uh with the sun and how these insects are seeing the sun either through their eyes or their antenna mm-hmm. and they say okay I see where the sun is and they have it it's called a clock adjusted <laughs> uh meter because what they do is they know where the sun is in the horizontal plane so of course it is going up and it's pointing to the south in the northern hemisphere so when they see that the sun is directly towards them they measure it's called the azimuthal angle or degrees, jesus christ which is like the horizontal level i okay. know it's why i had to look up what this exactly meant like and it's just like these hardcore physicists explaining like wow the angle of the sun in the horizontal plane across yeah, yeah. the you know the horizons and so they the sun of course as the spring continues Mm. right it gets the days get longer and longer so they adjust them their clock these like internally these insects adjust their clock so they continue the same direction even though the sun is popping up at a different angle for a longer period of time throughout the year what the
0: fuck? i know i know this is not unlike trees um, yeah. Like um, they have a sense. Exactly. Yeah. You're totally right. The, the deep red, mm-hmm. uh, spectrum color or whatever.
1: But nobody knows. They know that they're, they have models to say, we know that they use their intended to do it, Yeah. but nobody knows the exact, like biological mechanisms. Uh-huh. Like they, they've drawn up like these schematic designs <sighs> and they've even made a model. And what they want to do next is design or put that model in into a drone and see if the drone can use the same (laughs) clues.
0: Oh my God. And then
1: find its way to a certain direction. Stunning. Yeah. So Um, we we don't know exactly how they do it. Like, I mean, in a very detailed way.
0: Sure. In the way that we know why animals do some things. Yeah, exactly. Where we're like, we know exactly what's going on here. Yeah. We kind of know. I mean, we can see what's happening with these butterflies. Yeah.
1: Now, here's the other thing. Um, As soon as the winter is done, they... Everything on that uh, that initial kind of map mm. is reversed.
0: Oh wow! It
1: has something to do with the cool temperatures, which is just above freezing. But they all roost together, so they stay a little bit warmer, and the trees keep it just a little bit warmer. Oh my god! And then they, for whatever reason, when they are doused in cold for four months, then everything is reversed, and they do the exact same thing back up into the breeding ground.
0: They just hit the hit the rewind button. Yeah,
1: exactly. And then um, it, it, the last thing, Alex, I just, I'm sorry, there is a coincidental development and they're like, well, it's an interesting parallel hmm. that this is also the, all of those sensitive things follow the pattern of asclepsia to a T. Hmm. so when the asclepsia plants start to do their biological processes of waking up in the springtime the butterflies are also wow and they just go whoop, 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 and they follow the uh, the plants as they open like like clockwork
0: it's very alien. I mean it, all this shit sounds like science fiction. It, um I
1: mean it absolutely is. How do they know?
0: So and they all land in Mexico on day, on the Day of the Dead.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. That's that how they get like, there. gives
0: me chills to think I know. about. That is very very cool.
1: And the people down there uh for so the the Day of the Dead is a ultimately a European festival hmm. um and I did some research like on this. Spanish? Yeah, exactly, okay. yeah. And some people are thinking that the Europeans uh brought it and there's already some kind of uh native kind of indigenous people's holiday around the same thing Mm. the mayans had all sorts of things but it's it's really there's a lot of like nationalism that has also come with that like from mexico oh yeah so it's um the politics and the the real like what came firstness of the day of the dead like where exactly that come from everyone is so far that I can read are like, yeah, this is mostly just uh, a little bit of a rebranding of a European tradition that is all saints day kind of thing. Well, and I'll let everyone else kind of come up with their own research and figure that out. Mm-hmm. I am just merely here to note that the people who have, for the most part, uh, there are still indigenous practices. They're still indigenous people. They're still doing their thing, but a lot of Mexico has become very Catholic. So when all of these, uh, butterflies, come in the people in that area treat them as the souls of the dead of course returning
0: how could you not
1: they offer them food and candies and sweets and they basically just have this like big event and then when the butterflies leave they do this other procession they like march all this stuff back down
0: oh my god it's
1: so it's like you're it gives me chills too it makes like me it's just cry. so beautiful That's isn't a, it
0: so so beautiful can you not wow. imagine
1: being around these groves <clears throat> alex and just like Sitting here and, like, meditating while these literal millions, hundreds of millions of butterflies yeah. are just around you all the time.
0: Now, wow. Oh, my God. So, Casey, it's not like these butterflies are just coming to these forests yeah. and landing on any tree. Okay. Right?
1: Uh, no, they're coming to specific groves of this specific tree, the Oemel, and then leaving afterwards. And so they do the same place, same time every year have for apparently something like a million years.
0: So why these trees? Is that part of the mystery?
1: It's part of the mystery. Okay. Nobody knows. Oh my God. Like everyone's like, well, they Mm. come down here. So the reason for the migration probably has a lot to do, A, with just life cycle. You just got to stay alive, move south and you don't die. It also helps get rid of individuals that have a certain parasite in them. Okay. So this parasite will uh, make them less fit. So then when they fly south, they're more likely to not make the trip. Oh my God. So it's almost like a, what do they call it? There, there's a certain term for it where essentially if you're weak, you're not going to be able to do the migration.
0: Sure. So it calls the herd. It's like a gauntlet. Exactly. Yes. Amazing. And,
1: and then when they go back out, only the best, most fittest, most least attached to their parasite are going to survive the journey. You know. I- <laughs> so now it puts a little mark on these butterflies, right? <laughs> All right. I know you hurt your knee, yeah. but we have to do the, the local marathon. And if you don't complete the marathon, you're going to get eaten by tigers.
0: We got to keep moving. Yeah. Just got to keep doing it. Um, I I kind of think that monarch butterflies have sort of like the perfect life. You think so? Oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> like, damn, this sounds pretty good. I mean,
1: it's a little Hunger Gamesy. And then it's yeah. also like a little, uh, a little like beautiful and romantic all at the same yeah, time. Yeah. And
0: yeah. And they're like, they're like, uh you know, deified in a way, like yeah. uh, uh, glorified, you know, but through this, through this. Human-made uh, uh, religious um, holiday and uh-huh. wow, they they sort of have it going on. Yeah, they do.
1: Now, so uh, David uh, talked a little bit about this. Yeah, but he didn't talk about the fact that the, about these trees. I don't even I don't even know if he said anything more than uh, like these sacred firs or something like that. Oh wow, yeah, it was That's all butterflies him. exactly. And I was like, no, 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 this well, is about the
0: trees. How about this? This is the official non-official compendium to uh, that episode yes, of, yes, yes. of Planet Earth. We'll
1: call this Planet Earth Tree.
0: Nice. Yeah,
1: Carrie came up with that. I have to give credit
0: to it. <laughs> well, Casey, that is just a beautiful tale. Isn't that wild? And unfortunately we have to, you know, bring it all to a cone score, so...
1: Yeah, well, now we gotta now we got to bring it down to just a <laughs> number between one and ten. That's all we got.
0: And we're gonna do that after the break. We will be right back with a review of the Oyemel. OEML. OEML. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. That was our discussion of the OEML and the Monarch Butterfly and the beautiful migration thereof.
1: Migration.
0: Casey. Alex Croson, what do we got today? Oh, migration. Casey, it's time to give this tree a review, and this is how it works. We're going to give some final thoughts. I say we keep this brief. I think it sounds great. We're running a little... We're running a little long, and we've got an ah. exciting game to get to, Casey. Yes, we
1: do. Let's make it happen.
0: Maybe we could give. Uh, you know what might, what might be fun? Casey's leaving. <laughs> Good ear, case. <laughs> Casey had to jiggle the handle of the toilet.
1: We're in a high class place here, Alex. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. Here, what might, what might be fun, Casey, to keep to? You know, keep it short, but intentionally. Yeah. You're familiar with the with the book series A Song of Ice and Fire.
1: I am, yes.
0: Based on the HBO show Game of Thrones,
1: <laughs> famously shortened to the point.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, there there are houses in uh-huh. this, in, this, in these books, and yeah. they each have words. You know the, what are your uh, the words yeah, of your yeah. or the what do they call them the slogan or whatever? Yeah, of your house. yeah.
1: we shall not sow. We do not sow.
0: Winter is coming, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so on, Et etc. What what if we gave this tree house oymel uh, words in okay. the fashion of Game of Thrones? Interesting. Now this'll this have to be really intentional. Maybe we give it give me a maybe we could do both. Give me a little tweet version and okay, then yeah. the house the house words and then a rating.
1: All right. All right.
0: Is that too convoluted?
1: No, I don't think so. I think okay. it's good. Okay. Um
0: and then we're gonna give it a, a score of zero yeah. to ten golden cones of honor. Uh, hell you could even for this episode, I'm, I'm in such a good mood with these, with these insects. I'm thinking golden monarch
1: butterflies of honor, golden wings of honor,
0: golden monarch wings of honor. I love this. Casey as our resident expert, we'll begin with you.
1: I think this tree has to get credit for the butterflies going to it. Absolutely. We don't know exactly why. But of all the trees of all the world, the butterflies have chosen these. I think there's got to be something to that. What it is, I don't know, but I'm giving credit to these trees for just that. Mm -hmm. They are spectacular. The insects know. The butterflies, they know what this tree has. Uh, I don't think we do. So starting off with that, I think that's what sets these trees apart. I think. There's fir trees you can get across the world, as we noted, some fifty different species, but I think these ones are special, and yeah. I think that is worth noting because I'm just taking McHugh's from the butterflies. Nice. There's my, is that was that a tweak? I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that as my tweet version. Perfect,
0: and then your and then your house words. My for house, house words email?
1: Uh, Sheathed in gold.
0: Nice, say beautiful, Casey, and your cone rating. I'm
1: gonna give these a 9.0.
0: Yeah, baby! I think that they're just spectacular. That's what I'm talking about.
1: Apparently, you can plant them here in Oregon.
0: Is that so? Yeah. They huh. can
1: take cold temperatures, and I just have never seen them. Like, they apparently grow over in Europe, like in Kew Gardens and all these things. Okay. Yeah, so I'm like, where are these trees? Why Why haven't I not seen one? Yeah, how
0: fun. I Man. bet you
1: there are a few down in Hoyt, because Hoyt has a giant amount of fir trees, but I have yet to see these ones in particular, so...
0: I think I would like to see one, but I honestly think that I would see it and be like, "Oh, okay."
1: Yeah, it would. I mean, if it's not sheathed in gold, what's the point?
0: Sheathed in gold is perfect. Case. Oh, thanks, thank you. Although I will say it is a bit of a bit more of an orange color.
1: Oh wow! Okay, great. <laughs> really, really well done.
0: I mean, no, it's perfect.
1: What do you
0: think? Sheathed in orange, <laughs> <laughs> There's a little less of a ring to you it. You don't
1: think so? You don't think that's good? Doesn't strike fear in the hearts of everyone? <laughs>
0: Uh, all right uh 9.0 golden golden monarch that's wings right. of honor that's what I think wonderful uh big fan I am of this tree mm. big fan I am of this tree <laughs>
1: it's like interesting <laughs> interesting start here
0: uh you know uh, I'm not uh, in terms of uh, fur might be one of my least favorite fan uh what? genre really um I'm just not an A B S guy, and I, it's taken me a long time to realize this. But I just don't care about him. All right, that's fair. That is that's um, okay. However, even you know, uh, you know, I'm not. I'm also not a fan of sports. But there are the odd athlete who I'm like, man, I love that guy.
1: Uh-huh. Um,
0: and okay. this is uh, this is uh, this is one of those furs where I'm like, hey, you know what? Even me, the first <laughs> skeptic. Uh- can look at this thing and be like, there's something special going on here. Okay, that's fair. You know, you've called me an estete.
1: Yes, yeah, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, I I don't give two shits for how this thing looks. I don't oh, care about that at all. Doesn't get you there. But the fact that it is very intentionally a place where these monarch butterflies roost. Yeah. Um, For the winter. And not just any trees, but these trees. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a little spooky. It's, uh, yeah. That's that's like real deal spiritual to me. Yeah, it's got to be. Um, and of course, if you are a person living in these places uh, natively, you see these butterflies on the day of the dead. Yeah. You see them like in droves. The sky turns gold. Yeah not it's orange not orange thank you and these trees become these columns of you know like oh my god yeah how could you not come to a conclusion that the two are related
1: it's a spectacle beyond comprehension
0: and not only is it like a cool nature thing but it's like so meaningful yeah 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 um and for that reason well my word my house words are um I was gonna say the spirits live here. Whoa, that's great! I
1: don't know which one I like better.
0: Nine point five, Golden Monarch Wings of Honor.
1: Nine point five. Oh my god, that's our first over niner uh, in in months, weeks. We've done so many divisive trees, Alex, where we couldn't decide. Uh, where we we were. I guess yes. you and I were divided. Yeah, totally. I see. Wow, good for us. We did it
0: but no longer on the first tree of the year. How about what, that? Yeah, what do you mean good for us? Good for the tree. Good good for the tree. That's about it's about them.
1: It Come is. On. It's about the tree. Let's not make this about us.
0: Casey, because we both rated this tree a 9.0 or higher, it has been conducted inducted rather <laughs> into the Golden Arboretum oh. of Honor and hey, what a what a what tree could deserve it more?
1: What tree could deserve it more?
0: Um, Casey, with that I play the conduction theme. Whoa, sweet man cave! Thanks! Serious upgrade! How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days.
1: Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC DBA Figure. Equal Opportunity Lender. NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. <laughs>
0: Congratulations, yes! OEML.
1: Congratulations. What an exciting day. I'm so, this is just, it turned out so great.
0: It's, it's turning out to be a really good one, Casey. Yes. And let's keep the good times rolling with a segment. It's time for a game. Here we go. Okay. What's this game today, Alex? Casey, this one is called the slang game.
1: Oh, all right.
0: And here is how it works. What
1: do we got today?
0: I have slang from. Mexico.
1: Mexican slang. All right.
0: And you and I are going to go through a few of these and come up with what, you know, we don't know these words. Yes, correct. We are not Mexican.
1: Nope, nor do I speak Spanish.
0: Correct. And we are going to imagine what these might be if they were arboreal terms. Yes, exactly. This could be like. professional arborism uh-huh this could be you know uh dendro, dendro- dendrological yes. terms this could be any any tree term any tree related mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. and then i will tell you what the word actually means all right and we encourage you to play at home play along at home casey alex what
1: is our first word
0: our first word is one that i actually know
1: oh well that's gonna be
0: different well i'll still i'll i'll suspend my disbelief and i'll Uh, pretend that i don't thanks alex and i'll sell it to myself you know (laughs) this one is cheeto
1: a cheeto
0: and no we're not talking about a cheesy Mm. corn snack with with a with a cheetah for a mascot
1: okay which is is, what i was expecting
0: this is chido cheeto
1: ah okay 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 cheeto
0: what does cheeto sound like to you if it were a tree term
1: if it's a tree term i feel like it would be the uh like warty bumps on the outside of a bark
0: oh well, nice like,
1: oh yeah there's that one oh it's just it's covered in cheetos
0: yes that's okay what I, that's what I would oh think. cheeto is like a singular bump yeah yeah yeah. Okay. so like
1: you would say oh it's a uh, it's it's um che- cheeto eight would be describing some kind of bark. Cheeto oh, that, that bark has Cheeto. It is Cheeto eight? It has Cheetos. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: that's 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 the okay, first great. thing that comes to my mind.
0: Okay, cool. Cheeto. If mm. you
1: had, uh, if you didn't know what it meant, what would
0: it mean? I think it would be Cheeto. Maybe like a type of epiphyte or something. Oh, you like know? oh, that
1: thing's covered in Cheetos. Look at that. It's beautiful. Yeah, and
0: I might even okay. say Cheeto is plural. Yeah. Like, look at all those Cheeto. Oh, like, I see. You know. So a
1: cheat would be uh, just a singular one.
0: Sure, yeah. Ah, and okay. it has, it's it has Cheeto. I mean, that just means mm. it's like covered in these, uh, you know, uh, lacy mosses. Wow,
1: that's beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, t- well, I, I like that.
0: Well, Casey, very appropriately, Cheeto means cool.
1: Really? That's yeah. it? just means cool? Yeah. All right, yeah, great. Cheeto. Okay. Yeah. All right. See, that's what I have to remember. Like, the, some of these words, uh, they are not a thing. They're more like a definite, like, ah, what is it? I don't know what the language is that I'm mm. thinking. It's more of a descriptor than a noun. So it's more of an adjective than a sure, noun. Sure, yeah. like that? I don't know. Sometimes we're kind of playing with language here, We Case. really are. That's what we're trying to do.
0: Okay, Casey, you ready for your next one? I'm ready. This is Ruko. Ruko. R-U-C-O. Ruko.
1: R-U-C-O. Ruko. Ruko. Okay, can you use it in a sentence? I'm just kidding. Don't do that. That'll ruin the whole thing. I'll use it
0: in a sentence. Casey, what do you think Ruko would be?
1: <laughs> That's a very good sentence, Alex. Thank you. Um, okay, so Ruko, I would say could be. It sounds. It sounds more like a thing that you're doing. You know. Oh, like, interesting. Oh, we put this into Ruko. You know, so maybe it's like a protected, a protected grove of trees. Oh,
0: interesting. You know what I mean? Okay, can I can I piggyback on that yeah. and say I agree with you? And okay. how about it's an acronym like all caps uh, RUCO? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a RUCO protected site, is, mm-hmm. and it's
0: it stands for
1: Rich Infested.
0: That's RUCO. Uh,
1: <laughs> dang it! Uh, no, Ru- yeah, you're right. I did an I rather mm-hmm. than a U. RUCO Rich Undisturbed. Mm.
0: Conifer. Aria. Perfect. <laughs> well, yeah, we
1: just had it. We
0: just had a <laughs> Well a Well, is an old person, Casey. Oh,
1: is it? Okay. Okay. What's up, ruko? Like, I, th-
0: I think it's like geezer, like kind uh, of derogatory. Yeah. Okay, maybe. a
1: little derogatory. I was gonna yeah. say, yeah. Okay. Cool, ruko Yeah, Ruco. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. Maybe it's just a. It's an old grove. It's a protected grove because it's old.
0: Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. All right, yeah, so we melding the two definitions together. There.
1: Yeah. yeah, nice. Okay, Love cool.
0: Ruko. All right, ready huh. for your next one, case? I'm ready, Alex. Let's do it. Tokayo. 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 T O C A Y O. Tokayo. Tokayo. Okay. Tokayo. Okay. I think that Tokayo is like a species. Ooh, I, I think see. it's like okay. uh, there's a grove of Tokayo and some Douglas fir. Yeah, and some. Uh, I think Tokayo might be like kind of a scraggly uh, hedge tree. Hmm. In, in the vein of a hawthorn.
1: Yeah. Okay. I can see that. It's you almost know? like a scrub kind of thing, like a almost like a chaparral kind of tree. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Tokayo. Tokayo. I like that. I think that sounds really good. It seems to me to be. Uh, yeah, I guess a broad kind of thing. Yeah, uh, where where it's not just like oh, there is a single tree that is a okay, tokayo. Okay, yeah.
0: Oh, so using it as a descriptor for hedge, scrubby hedge stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would be more more of a broad descriptor than a
0: specific one. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. All
1: right, but I like yours. I think I'd piggyback off that and say, yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of tokayo over there. So go around.
0: Yeah, totally. Don't okay. run your tr- don't 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 get drunk at the bar and run your truck into that tokayo.
1: Yeah, seriously, be careful. Get drunk at the bar and run. Your your truck down the road.
0: <laughs> Home to your wife. Takayo is this is really funny. I love this. It's someone who shares your first name. Takayo. So another guy named Casey would be your Takayo. <laughs>
1: oh, that is so good. Man, I, I love when other languages have like such specific particular yes, things.
0: <laughs> it's so specific. it's um, uh, that's good. Okay. Well, another one here, Casey. Mm-hmm, I like this mm-hmm. one a lot. Chaffa. Chaffa. Yeah. Oh. That, C-H-A-F-A, Chaffa.
1: Ooh, I kind of feel like that would be uh the first thing that jumps out is like kind of something that's left over, you know?
0: Oh yeah. Like maybe you
1: carve you carve a tree or you cut into it and like kind of like the sawdust is left over. Totally. Little bits and parts, you know? Yeah, let, Some
0: some dry I, I also imagine the Chaffa like dried uh detritus or, or like yeah. dry needles you know yeah exactly it's just um, kind of
1: like the leftover stuff once you cut down a tree and you just have like little bits and parts there. yeah. yeah there's a bunch of chaffa out there a, just, just get that, break that up would you
0: Yeah, called the chaffa cleanup crew
1: yeah exactly yeah which we got him that's a whole career
0: so chaffa casey is something that's low quality or prone to causing frustration Ooh. my car is so chaffa uh, you know?
1: I see I see yeah and yeah I
0: think it might be uh, uh, an as az- an adjective not a noun Ah,
1: uh, so it's a chaffa thing yeah like broken down yeah
0: or I like gotcha. this thing is constantly fucking breaking it's chaffa uh I see okay pissing me off
1: wow all right
0: uh Casey uh, let's do one more here
1: okay what do we got what's this last one
0: vocho v-o-c-h-o vocho vocho Whoa.
1: Mm. All right. First thing that comes to my mind
0: mm-hmm.
1: would bet that is a descriptor of a person. And I think okay. it's a descriptor of a person who is is like a Lorax figure.
0: Oh, wow. There's a vocho.
1: And like they don't, they don't necessarily like live in the tree. It's not like a, you know, it's a real person. Uh-huh. They're just like connected to it. We'd okay. maybe say like a, a naturalist or maybe like a mountain man kind of Yeah. Thing. Like, oh, there's a vocho over there. And it's like that vocho is someone who's constantly just in touch. Go ask them if you, have, uh, if you have a question about this or that.
0: I like to also think of it piggybacking. Of like, they kind of have to earn, you don't just like throw around that term. Yeah. It's like kind of a a term of honor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they're not a Vocho until they're fucking Paul Stamets.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like until you're uh, at that level, you've got the renown.
0: And then you're Vocho material. Yeah.
1: Hey, I like that. I think that sounds great.
0: Well, how about this, Casey? Vocho is short for Volkswagen Beetle.
1: No. you're.
0: (laughs) A very popular uh, car in Mexico.
1: Oh, get out of (laughs) here. It's true. Just a Vocho. Yep. Dang it. Well, that doesn't really fly. (laughs) Hey, in more ways than one, right? Yeah, right? That's a very good point. Uh, That was the slang game. Oh, Mexican slang gang. We
0: hope you enjoyed it.
1: I like that game.
0: Casey, it's time for our completely arbitrary AMA.
1: Oh, yeah. What do we got this week? And how do you get on this AMA?
0: Well, you got to join our completely arbitrary Tremium. It's our new support platform. You can find that at arbitrarypod.supercast.com. That's right. You can also get
1: on Instagram, click through those links. Uh, If you're on any of our emails or our website, we also got it there. It's all set up. Gives you access to all sorts of cool things.
0: Casey, this week's question is from Marissa. Hello, Marissa.
1: And how's your day?
0: I love the pod and have been having a lovely time listening while I go on nature walks to identify trees and their cones near my house.
1: Great job.
0: I was wondering, Casey. Yes. As the trip... As the resident tree climber, do you have any tree climbing tips you can share? I used to climb trees all the time as a kid and I miss it very much how do you get up in a tree without being a flexible 60 pound child or bringing a stepladder wherever you go? Ah. And where do you go to climb trees without people looking at you funny? Thanks Marissa.
1: Oh, that's such a fun question.
0: I feel like you can't avoid the last one.
1: Yeah, you pretty much. Yeah. Unless you're doing it like in uh, a national forest area or something like that, where you can just get away from everyone. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, Honestly. So I think a lot of people are worried about people climbing their trees, like on public land. Hmm. Uh, So, like in a city park or something it's not couth to climb a tree it's uncouth sure a lot of that is like there are ordinances in the city of portland for example the basically say yeah we don't want you to damage the tree so we don't want you climbing the tree also we don't want you to fall out of the tree and yeah. sue us for falling out of our tree
0: totally makes so sense.
1: there's rules against it but you can uh Climbing trees now, as I do today, is not the way that people are usually thinking about it. Uh, so arborists are very well and specifically trained to climb trees using ropes and other safety tools to make sure that you're not going to fall out of the tree. Mm. So there are certain harnesses, certain kinds of ropes, lanyards, like it's a a whole specified industry with requirements on safety and best practices, you name it. So that is kind of how I climb a tree rather than as we used to as children, uh, where we just scampered up trees, you know? Everyone used to do that. It wasn't a big deal, but in in today's kind of uh, modern world of safety before it'd be like yeah whatever let them do whatever you know and yeah no one really care that much uh, still to this day I don't think kids should be climbing trees our our confidence as children is extremely high even though we don't necessarily know the the, the risk that we're taking
0: we lack a perception of danger and death
1: yeah exactly um, however I do think that uh, there's no reason to say hey kids can cannot climb trees like you should they should be able to climb trees just maybe keep an eye on them and don't let them go too high.
0: Oh, a nice short tree.
1: Yeah, a nice little short little baby tree.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, because the bigger they get, the bigger you, they are, and you're more likely to climb on branches that are too big for your hands. So on little branches mm. where you can grasp your hands around it, you can scamper up really quickly. But on big trees where you're like, you, now you're kind of arcing your arm over the top of like a smooth Ooh. dome, like one foot diameter thing, Yeah. Uh, it's a little less uh, safe. So the... Uh, how I climb trees is I have a harness on it's mm. connected to a static rope, not a dynamic rope, which is the kind that you'd expect in rock climbing. Okay. And essentially that is, uh, in rock climbing, the ropes are a safety mechanism for when you fall. The ropes in tree climbing are a safety mechanism for if you fall, not when you fall. Okay. They're also essentially a fifth limb. So if I'm mm. going to be cutting trees, I am leaning off away from my tie-in points or wherever I am to do uh, some amount of work. So I need that to be tight. I don't want it to be like slowly stretching all the time. It's yeah. something that I'm using as a part of my working, not strictly as a backup in case I can't make this next grab. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then it also comes with a lanyard or rather your your whole kit should. And a lanyard is just a small smaller rope that you can clip on on both sides Hmm. so you can whip it around something quickly clip it in and now you're tied in in two ways oh wow that's one little lanyard rope around a local branch and then your initial tie-in point that's way higher so that goes to my second question how do you do it as a non-tiny little child use ropes that's really the the trick. And you can use one rope and one uh, harness. You climb up. You just have to know all the right knots and how to set them up. Mm-hmm. For that, you need some specialized training. You have to know how to tie a bowline. You have to know how to tie yourself in because there's a couple different knots you can do for that. And you'll have to know how to make a hitch, which is just uh, your climbing mechanism. So it's like a, a hitch of the rope that goes around the rope. So you make this kind of loop where you have the tail end of the rope and then it goes up over the top of a branch. It goes back down to your harness. Then you tie yourself into the harness. Then you use the tail end and you make this other knot that's called a hitch, a climbing hitch. Mm. And you use that to climb up. So it's one of those things where if you push it upwards, it loosens. But then when you tighten it and pull down, it tightens itself.
0: So that if you fall, yes, it tightens. And it Holds you holds up. Holds on to you. Exactly. Oh.
1: Yeah. So that is the uh, the the classic. They call it the um, the double rope system or the double rope technique. Cool. And it's essentially rope goes up, goes down, makes this fun loop, and then you just have to make yourself a smaller loop as you go up. Mm. Uh, it's not very efficient. It's very like this is how you initially learn and it's how you work a lot of times in the tree but also people today are using what's called the single rope technique where rope goes up and then goes back down to you you don't make this other loop uh with the rope and then you just climb straight up the end of that rope wow yeah so that is how i, I would recommend <laughs> doing it alex is kind of blindsided or like
0: blurred here's my recommendation don't <laughs>
1: just stop
0: yeah uh thank you marissa so much for your question yeah great one if you've got a question for us join up on the completely arbitrary tremium our new support platform Mm -hmm. that's arbitrarypod.supercast.com click over to that ama section and ask yourself a tree-related question. How about that, Case? Yeah,
1: yeah. In fact, we're going to be posting our first one, uh, our call for questions, uh, this month, probably in the next week or
0: so. that's right.
1: So AMA on the new platform is essentially the same as the old, except better designed, and you will be able to click right to your time-stamped answer. Yes. So choose, rather than listening to the whole thing, which you can do through your own ad-free feed. You don't even need to go to a different app. There's so many benefits Alex.
0: so very exciting Casey and with that Casey clap yes sir thank you so much for this uh, exciting discussion thank you Alex also for this exciting discussion very touching the this whole monarch butterfly thing and also you know monarch butterflies very um, very uh, linked to I man at this at this point in my, in my knowing very linked to religion and mm. and the sort of afterlife and, yeah, yeah. and then you look at a monarch butterfly and it straight up has stained glass wings
1: it's beautiful it, now be careful you're not looking at a viceroy they look just like them
0: well i would never and with that we say we'll see you next week happy 2024 everybody and thank you so much for listening to this episode of completely arbitrary we'll see you next time goodbye catch you later
1: Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp.
0: Our artwork is by Gillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals.
1: And you can support the podcast at patreon.com arbitrarypod.
0: And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening.